What's going on, everybody? You're rocking with the Cash Flow President, and this is the Cash Flow President Podcast, where we take massive action, financial education, and financial literacy very seriously. All right, guys. So today is going to be the start of season three, okay? So this is... uh another you know bit of a milestone we start we just ended one chapter and we're uh starting another one you know and i believe that's what uh that's what this is all about you know uh uh concluding one thing and uh jumping right into another right it's not uh sit around and wait for life to happen let's go make life happen okay so that's going to be the theme for this uh for this season right here. Let's not wait for it to happen. We're going to go make it happen. Let's go take all of the things that belong to us. Let's go get all of the things that we feel we deserve, right? Let's go put that work in. Let's go grind for it, right? You can want something all day long, but unless until you go out and put that work in, until you go out and, you know, actually deserve what you desire you'll never actually have anything okay so episode one season three uh we're gonna be discussing capitalism all right so capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state all right so that's the beauty of capitalism, okay? Um the, the 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 owners are the ones who get to decide how their money flows, okay? The the people control production, they determine prices, control the properties, and they set the wages for labor, you know, things like that. Yes, there are, you know, minimum wage laws uh in effect by the government, but guess who has the final say in do you get paid above minimum wage? It's going to be the employer. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. If you have the, the the skills to, you know, demand higher rates in the marketplace, you have the background, you have the education, things like that, you know, that plays a big factor. in I'm just saying just overall, right? Um, overall, you know, it's the employer. And typically your employer is a person, you know. Most companies you you work for are owned and operated. Well, they're not. They're typically operated by other individuals that ain't that they employ when they outsource, you know, the work. But typically, when you work for someone, you're not working for. They don't get me wrong. There are government jobs, but when you work for someone, in most cases, you're working for an individual person. You're working for an investor. You know who who might be uh who might be the franchisee for a company you work for. Um, me personally, I work at a, a hotel and it's a uh, franchised, right? Uh, they, you know, they basically, they take the name, they, uh, you, they buy into the system, uh, you know, that's how a franchise works and they, you know, operate under that umbrella, but it's owned by a private individual. Okay. Most places out here nowadays are owned by individuals or investment investors or investment groups, that come together in order to, you know, uh, put that asset into motion, put that business into motion. They build a business and they uh, leverage people to operate it, you know, and outsource like that in order to, you know, achieve that 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 goal, that financial goal, right? And that's the beauty of of, of capitalism. You know, you're able to 
control the production, like control what you produce. You're able to determine the prices of the goods that you make. And don't get me wrong, a good capitalist understands uh, profits and margins and loss and things like that. So if you actually are producing a good, you want to make sure or, you know, you have to like uh, buy and sell. You want to make sure that you're producing a good that you can make a, a great return on a 30 percent, 40 percent return on. Right. Or you want to make sure. Let's say if you buy a tangible item, you want to make sure you can buy it uh, far enough under market value in order to sell it for high enough to be able to get a decent or what you deem, uh, uh, you know, optimal, an optimal return for it, right? So in a capitalist market economy, decision making and investments are determined by owners. Okay, so like I said, uh the the owners we the people are the one who are going to determine you know the the investments that we make okay they're going to they're going to be the ones making decisions in the companies um if you happen to work for who cares if you work for McDonald's right it's going to be the owners that are going to make the decisions on how the operations are going to go they're going to pass it down through the you know chain of command it's going to get to all the workers right um, and that's really how it goes. If you have, if you work for, ew, and that's really a good one too. Because you have, let's say you have, uh, I think you have people like like Rick Ross, right? He owns a bunch of uh, Wingstop restaurants, like twenty five or thirty or something like that. So the owners determine the investments. You know, like okay, so from this. From that standpoint, they can either continue, let's say, branching out and buying more of the same thing, or they can even take, because you have people who invest things in their company name, you know, uh, for big uh, business owners don't own things like like people that invest on a small scale or like small businesses, people that get an LLC, uh, you know, sole proprietorship, uh, things of that nature, they typically own things like you know they'll they'll have their assets in their name, or if you have an LLC, you know if you're the purpose of it is for protection, right? So if you're lucky, well, if you're you know sophisticated enough, you'll make sure you don't put it in your name. So you know if you uh, your assets are protected by the entity, right? Um, so most companies on a big big business spectrum. What they do is they buy their assets, even even down to the stocks that they hold, you know, the, the, sh- the stocks that they hold in companies, all the way down to that, right? The real estate, everything that they do, the other companies that they invest in, all their investments are made under the umbrella of the company or corporation that they're controlling. They don't do anything in their own namesake. So their namesake is protected. Their assets are protected, Right. Their personal assets are protected, at least. Um, so in, in a capitalist economy, uh, prices and the distribution in, of goods and services are mainly determined by competition in goods and services in markets. Okay. So, you know, have you heard of the term uh, market value or, you know, fair market price? Um, you know, like if you get like with cars, if you happen to have a, a 
let's say an accident or something and you have to uh you get your insurance company is giving you a claim for your car they give you the uh the the blue book value of your car right they give you what your car is worth at its current uh let's say uh mileage or you know the year whatever for for like kind of the estimate from the here and now, right? Like from the, not what it used to be worth, not what it was valued at when you first bought it, but what it's valued at now, right? Um, Kind of an idea of that. Like right now, let's say, um, what's a rant, something random. Let's say used tires right now valued between what, let's say 25 and 40 bucks. That's like market value. So if you go somewhere and they charge you, like you typically pay 25 bucks for a used tire, you're not going to too much complain about that because it's like fair market value. If you go somewhere and, they, and you're getting a used tire and you have like a standard tire and they're like doing 60 bucks, you're like, hold on, like what are you doing? Like I can go somewhere else and get it, you know, for cheaper because that's like, like I said, it's market value. It's what you would typically pay Um I'm pretty sure, like, people have other goods and services that they do, like when you get your nails done, uh, you get your hair cut, uh, people have, like, a set amount in your mind that you're willing to pay, and that's just market value. That's what you feel is acceptable that you're willing to pay for a product or a good or service, and the the markets determine that because it fluctuates, right? It goes up and down. Um, Sometimes you'll sit... And you'll see things that are priced uh, at one way. Sometimes they'll go up. Sometimes they'll go down. It just depends on what the economy is, you know. Um, And it's really nothing you can do about that. You just kind of got to go with the flow, right? Uh, Because in certain instances, um, prices will fluctuate across the whole sector, right? Like in real estate. Um, Let's say you have... What are those things called? Um, like those old Victorian style homes. Um, let's say they're priced. They just for uh, you know uh, example sake. Let's say they're priced at a hundred thousand, typically market value, right? And then the markets go up, and all of a sudden now they're valued at a hundred fifty, and that'll be the fair market price for the foreseeable future until the the markets fluctuate again. And they end up, let's say, going down back to a hundred, or drop down even below that to uh, seventy thousand, or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's just how that works. But in a capitalist economy, um, the prices of goods and services are determined by the owners, and then again determined by the marketplace. Okay, so if you actually feel like you have a service or a good that's um, above market value it's it's in your you have the right as an owner to 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 sell it for above market value if you feel your service is that good right um why do you think you know hulu and netflix and disney plus they all have different prices right because they value their company they value their services they value their um their subscriptions differently they weigh them differently that's why they do that it's because of like you know like they it's the it's the way that they value their product you know and and it's different ways that you can do it too um you can actually if you see uh at a bunch of places like you let's say you have a phone shop or something like that um 
you'll have people with uh, really like a like they have fair market value prices, and then you have some people who seem like their prices are just sky high, and you wonder how they make money if they ever make sales. Then you have some people whose prices are so low. And then again, you wonder how they make money <laughs> and how, they, how they're able to stay in business because it's like, are you losing money? But oftentimes those people are getting products for, you know, either they're, it's a bunch of ways you can do it. You can either get the products for cheaper than everyone else does and you can make the same margin of profits or maybe even more by still selling them low or you can get the same same products for the same price as your competitors but since you sell your services and goods lower that just means that you're banking on selling them faster in order to make your profits kind of balance out if that makes sense uh it's a bunch of different ways and that's the beauty of a cap- uh, capitalism you know what i'm saying that's the beauty of a capitalist economy is you get to write your own rules you get to go about doing it your own way no one gets to tell you how to set your prices uh no one gets to tell you how to market your goods no one gets to tell you uh what your uh, services are valued at only you can determine that okay uh you determine uh uh you know what your goods and services are, are valued at in the capitalist economy basically everyone gets an opportunity to build wealth okay everyone gets an opportunity to build wealth how they see fit now everyone's avenues are different everyone's goals dreams and visions are different but if everything is determined by the owner if everything is determined by the investors everything is determined by you know what the market uh dictates you have all opportunity to build wealth in a capitalist economy it's all up it's all due to you and and your ability to create and build and generate things right um you don't have anything holding you back in a capitalist economy okay like i said you you can set your prices at market market value set them above you can set them below your services can go for whatever your services rendered you can sell them for whatever you want to whatever you deem uh uh you know good by your standards right um the question you have to ask yourself is do you want to be an owner or a consumer okay um I mean, I, the people that are listening to my podcast, I would like to think or assume, and I, I don't like to assume, but in this case, I like to assume that it's a chance you would like to be an, an owner, you know? Um, and I actually heard a quote uh, a while back, and it was basically saying that if you want to be rich or if you want to be wealthy, you want to be successful, you have to be an owner, and I didn't know what that meant, but it meant, but I mean, at the time I didn't, but now I do. You have to be an owner of things. You have to be an owner of of shares in the company, right? That you that's that when you that's how you become an owner, right? You have to be a, a owner of let's say real estate. You know, you have to be an owner of businesses. You have to be an owner of a company. You have to be an owner of some uh, some asset. It can be an income producing, it can be a cash flowing, it can be an appreciating asset. You have to be an owner of an asset, okay, or an asset class in order to generate and build and grow wealth.
Okay, that's how you become rich. That's how you become successful. Uh, well, because success is determined differently, so I don't want to use that. That's how you become, uh, you know, financially stable or financially free is to become an owner. You have to own things, right? You have to own things if you want to, you know, generate, build, and grow and multiply your income. You can't just be a consumer or an employee and think that you're going to be able to, you know, achieve that financial freedom that a lot of us oftentimes seek. Okay. So, and, and this is, this is the thing with the capitalist economy. Uh, sometimes the best product wins. Sometimes it's not even the best product that wins, but the most recognizable, the most popular and the most consistent product that wins. Okay. You can feel like, let's look at this, for example, McDonald's. Everyone recognizes McDonald's. Everyone knows who they are. They see those, uh, that, that yellow little M, whatever it's called up there in the rafters. You see that, right? And you automatically know what it is. You automatically know what you're going to get. You automatically know what the prices are, right? Does McDonald's make the best burger? <laughs> Not by far. <laughs> McDonald's has crappy food, okay, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. Some people, <laughs> some people might love them. Some people might swear by them, right? In my opinion, McDonald's has crappy food. I've had burgers from. You can find better burgers at fast other fast food places, let alone, uh, you know, restaurants or like you know, mom and pop spots like that, right? And I'm pretty sure a lot of us have local mom and pop uh, diners or mom and pop burger joints in our area that make a killer burger that we vouch for that we probably tell people about like, hey, you have to try this burger. But do they have as many as locations as McDonald's? No. Do they have as many, uh, uh, you know, uh, as much, do they make generate as much revenue as McDonald's? No. Are they as recognizable as McDonald's? No. So it's not often best product wins. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it goes. Um, you can feel like you have a superior product. You can feel like you have, you know, uh, you know, like the, the, the product, the must-have product. But that doesn't mean you're going to be successful in the marketplace. Okay. Uh, Starbucks, for instance, that's another place. Uh, don't get, I, have, I know it's people that have a legion of followers that would swear by them as well. Do they make the best coffee in the world? They have decent coffee. They have like a little nice, little cute little style that they do. But have as a coffee drinker, have I had better? Yeah. But the places that I've had better coffee at, are they more recognizable? No. Are they more popular? No. Do they make more money? Chances are no. Do they have more locations? For sure. Big no. But Starbucks is the bigger entity, right? So they win. You know, that's how it works. It's it's not always best product wins, man. That's just the way it goes. And it's up to us as the producer, as an owner, uh, uh, as an investor to find out how to get that type of exposure, to find out how to get those type of revenues, to find out how to build our brand, our culture up into those levels, right? Um, and that's just the, you know, the the black and white of it. So, and in, in the way that you do that, the way that you want, the way that you make money in a capitalist economy is to solve a problem in the marketplace. 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure a lot of you may have heard that before. Maybe you haven't heard it before. Um, But solving a problem in the marketplace is like for someone who has a tire shop. Let's say there are no tire shops in the area that you're in and you build a tire shop over there. Well, you solve the problem in that marketplace. You know, you at that point, you're solving like for the people that need that have blowouts in your area, for the people that need uh, oil changes and tune ups in your area, for the people that need um, brand new tires, uh, tires getting patched for people that need those services, those goods in your area. You solve the problem for them. That's how you make money in the capitalist economy. You solve a problem in the marketplace. And it can be anything. You can make a blow dryer. You can you can restore TVs. You can build TVs, uh, repair them, I mean. Like, because that's a problem people have. TVs break. Things happen. Um, and, and let's say a plumber, for instance. You have a company, uh, a plumbing company. Uh, someone's toilet uh, breaks down or stops up or whatever. Guess what? You have a problem that needs solving. That's how it works. You need a carpenter. You need to lay some car. You want to, uh, you know, do some some work around the house. You want to, uh, let's say, you want to get a fence put up. What are you gonna do? You're gonna call a company. Don't get me wrong. You have some do-it-yourselfers out here, but chances are, for the most part, a pipe bust. You're calling a plumber. You know, uh, your your car needs a tuning up. You're taking it to the shop. If you need a haircut. That's what you do. You're calling a barber. These are people that are solving problems in the marketplace, okay? And that's how you generate capital. And here you go. Watch this. Here's a good little <laughs> here's a good little gem. The bigger the problem that you solve, the bigger the payout. Ta-da. That's how it works, okay, everybody. If you can solve a bigger the bigger the problem, the bigger the reward. People that um, that are real estate investors, that because uh, let's say you have an apartment complex. Yes, people own apartment complexes. For those that didn't know, uh, it's not you know just a, a you know <laughs> it's just like the the a, a, a rental house. It's just a, a bunch of units in that rental house. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. So the people that own apartment complexes, guess what they do? They solve a problem. In the housing market. So let's take this. Uh, for example, you have, let's say you have a real estate investor and they buy single family homes. Single family homes means uh, it's just a regular house that you live in, right? Two bedroom, three bedroom, who cares in the bedrooms? It's just a regular house that only one family would live in. You know, a multifamily home is, you know, uh, ones that have more than one unit in it. You know, you duplexes, fourplexes, triplexes. Uh, you have the regular apartment buildings, things of that nature. So let's say, let's say you have a single family home, right? And let's say you have that versus an apartment complex with 200 units, with 200 doors. Um, who solved the bigger problem? Well, I can tell you who solved the bigger problem. It's the one that makes the more that, that that has the bigger deal, the one that would more than likely will cash flow more at the end of the month, the one that would make more money uh, year in and year out. Okay, because this is how you look at it from this point of view. You have a single family home. Let's say it's valued at three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? 
So your net worth is 350K. Let's say you make, after expenses, let's say you make 400 bucks on uh, that, that single family home. You know, uh, like, after, you know, you get your rent, you pay your bills, you pay your utility, you pay, you know, all your good stuff, right? You pay your repairs, you pay your employees, whatever, right? Let's say you make uh, 400 bucks on that single family home. Turn around, okay, now you have this guy with these 200 units, with this 200-unit apartment, this other investor. Well, that property is valued at, let's say, $1.5 million. So this guy's net worth is $1.5 million. The other guy's net worth is 350000 okay? But let's say each door that that guy has cash flows 400 bucks. Okay. Each door cash flows four hundred dollars. Not not just that one single family home that you make four hundred dollars with. This is gonna be each door cash flowing. Okay, so that's gonna be roughly what eighty grand a month, as opposed to that four hundred dollars monthly. Right. So the bigger the problem that you solve. The, the bigger the payout. And that's how it works in a capitalist economy, okay? So just that's just a good way to think about it. That's actually a the example that'll be, you know, uh, you know, fairly like I feel attractive for most people. And we can even get into it like this. Let's say let's say you have uh uh even even more so a hotel as opposed to an apartment, okay? With all the, you know, like let's say you have a hotel, one of those Las Vegas hotels that are like the C, was it the Caesars Palace or something like that? Those things, they say they have, those things be having like rooms on top of rooms on top of rooms, right? It's just, it's, the scale is different, right? It's a, it's a whole different ball game from houses to apartments to hotels. It's a whole different ball game. So basically, the bigger the problem the bigger the reward. That's how it is, okay? That's just the way that this 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 capitalist economy works. Um if you want to take it up a notch beyond that, then you must you need to create or build a business, product, or a service that changes people's lives and disrupts the marketplace. Okay. Let me say that again. Create or build a business, product, or service that changes people's lives and disrupts the marketplace. Okay? So let me tell you what a disruptor is. A disruptor is a company or a form of technology that causes radical change in an existing industry or market by means of innovation. Okay? So when I say create or build a business, product, or service that changes people's lives, you, you got to think of places like Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, Facebook, things of that nature. Those were all disruptors, okay? Facebook changed people's lives because it connected millions of billions of people all across the world, you know, to be able to interact, to be able to promote businesses, to be able to, you know, like, build brands to be able to promote to be able to just like you know people actually are making money because of facebook right um 
It was a disruptor. It was something that had never been done before. Um, Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates uh, created something phenomenal uh, and was able to, you know, connect people in a way uh, with the with the with the software that had never been done before. Uh, Amazon. Amazon is one of the biggest uh, retail giants in the world right now. Okay, it literally gave people the ability to just sit at their house on their couch and buy whatever they wanted at the click of a button. Literally, that easy. You don't have to do a single. You don't have to lift. You don't have to move a single muscle. You just gotta lift that finger, stare at that screen, and swipe that. You don't gotta swipe it. It's just it, it's accessible. You know, with your, your, your information is saved on there. Use Apple Pay. I think they got uh, different methods of payments on there, or whatever they got on there. Um, that's a beautiful thing, right? Those are disruptors. Uh, Tesla, they brought technology to motor vehicles. Tesla isn't just a car. Uh, Tesla is a technology. It's a, it, it, they 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 have so many different algorithms. They have so many different um, like innovative things in place in Tesla that like kind of record data and different things about drivers and stuff. And it's just it's phenomenal what they have been able to do. That's why Jeff Bezos with Amazon, Bill Gates with Microsoft. Um, um, Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, Elon Musk with Tesla, who is the most the richest person in the world. That's why those guys are so so successful. That's why those guys are so financially free and so wealth and just flat out wealthy because they created something in this capitalist environment that was it put them outside the realm of competition. You know, it made it to where people started to imitate and emulate them, right? People started to try to recreate what they did. Like, everyone wants to be, everyone's doing electric cars now, right? Everyone has electric cars now. Uh, everyone has online platforms where you can buy things now. Uh, you know, buy, buy, I mean, you can buy your products and sell your products on there now. Everyone's doing that. All, it's a bunch of different softwares that have done what Microsoft looked to do. It's a bunch of different platforms. You know, you got your Snapchat, your TikTok, your Instagram that look to connect people and, and bring people together now. It, the, you have your, these are what you call your disruptors, okay? And if you can change people's lives like these companies did, uh, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong, it's like it's not easy to, to, to build or create a disruptor. Typically, it's done by really smart people or people that are you know really creative. I'm gonna say really creative. You have you have to have some form of creativity. But this is the thing, though. You don't have to invent the wheel or reinvent the wheel to be rich. Okay, you just have to make it more appealing or present it in a new manner that gets people excited about it. Getting it from you—that's really all you have to do. Okay. It, it, you only have to be right once. I'll say that right now. You don't have to sit here and everything that you touch turns to gold. And don't get me wrong, if you can do that, you'll probably <laughs> you'll be a little bit better off than the than the other guy, you know. But at the end of the day, you don't have to. You know, what I'm you don't have to create the wheel. It's already been invented. You just got to make it more appealing. You know, you just got to get people more excited. Um, that's what happened when we went from the regular TV. With the fat back on it to the plasma, you know, 
that's basically what that was, you know. And then another thing happened when you were able to mount that plasma on the wall. That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to reinvent the wheel or create a whole new wheel. You just have to get people excited about the wheel that they already have. Okay, that's what get that's that's how you um, that's how you are successful in a, 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 in a in a in a capitalist economy. Okay. Um, and capitalism is truly freedom and opportunity, okay? Uh, you have different other economies like socialism, communism, and Marxism. Those are economies controlled by the state or governing bodies, elected parties where, you know, they allocate the resources to the community. So if you're a high-value individual, your value won't get recognized. You won't be compensated properly for it. That's why uh, America is the land of opportunity and, and immigrants come here to be capitalists, okay? Immigrants come here to, you know, to 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 thrive and to to you know strive for something better than they thought they ever could have had, um, because this is the land of the free and this is the land of opportunity, right? You can come here, you can come. The government's not going to tell you, hey, uh, you know, you're gonna. Uh, we're going to tell you how to make your money and tell you how to invest your money, tell you what to do with your money. Hey, it's your money over here. Come do what you need to do and get it how you can, okay? And and if you're smart, you're going to make sure that you're able to produce sustainable things or you're going to make sure that you're able to uh, offer goods and services that can uh, benefit people and solve problems and, and add massive value to the marketplace, all right? So... Uh, the goal for this uh, episode was to hopefully uh, shed a little light on what uh, capitalism truly is and how you can use it to your benefit if you just kind of understand these concepts, all right? So, all right, everybody, you've been rocking with the Cash Flow President, and this is the Cash Flow President Podcast. Until next time, go take you some massive action. Go pick you up a book and find you something out. Go go find you some information on anything, okay, that'll put you in a different stratosphere in terms of your financial education, your financial literacy, all right? Until next time, guys. Peace.